more rain? <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm just glad it, like we're not having snowpocalypse right up in the northwest. All my, my friends in the northwest have been posting about all of the crazy snow they've had. Churches canceled. We'll deal with a little rain. It's all good. The, the hills are green. It's beautiful out. Well, hey, we got an exciting morning for you this morning. There's a couple of different things happening. It's Missions Sunday. Mission Sunday, and we're, we're going to be talking about global missions a lot more this year, and this morning is kind of the kickoff, not kind of, it's the kickoff for that. Um, you might not be aware, maybe you are, that God is moving around the world in mighty, mighty ways, incredible things, people coming to, to know the Lord around the world, people being raised from the dead, blind eyes being opened, deaf ears being opened, just incredible things that God is doing, and that is across the church, across different denominations. Of course, we are a Foursquare church. We're part of the Foursquare family, and so this morning we're having we're going to have an opportunity to talk a little bit about what God is doing in Foursquare and Foursquare Missions uh, International. But w- the way we're going to kick that off today is with a quick video. So, would you check this out up on the screen? Each morning, in every corner of our world. Nearly one out of every two people wake up and face life's challenges. It's trials and hardships. Perhaps never knowing the love, the grace, the power of Jesus Christ. As the Foursquare Church, it is our conviction, our assignment in this world, to bring light into darkness, to every day, journey into the world's difficult places to reach those that are often hardest to reach. We do bold things, difficult things, some may even say crazy things, in an effort to reunite creation with their creator. And this work of connecting people to the heart of God, it requires all types of workers. Maybe you're a woman who has a heart to see others around the world be truly empowered, to help a new generation of leaders and see nations change. Maybe you're a recent graduate looking to explore new worlds, connect with individuals from a culture far different than yours, and work to bring the love of Christ into a nation for the very first time. Or an experienced married couple coming into a new season of life, looking to mentor and care for those on the field, sharing important years with those who desperately need to see the light. A pastor who is given years of ministry serving short-term trips, but who hears that subtle whisper of God calling them to truly invest in the work they've so long supported. Or maybe you have unique talents and have struggled to understand how your music, sports, or film abilities could truly make a difference and the Holy Spirit is nudging you to cross into another culture. Some of us will pray. Some of us will give financially. But some of us? Some of us will hear the call of God, the same one that called us to Him in the beginning. And we will risk it all. We will give our all to ensure tonight One less woman, man, or child drifts off to sleep without knowing the life-changing power of truly knowing Jesus.
we are a church and a denomination that from its outset was deeply invested in global missions. Within, within years of Amy Semple McPherson establishing Angelus Temple and Life Bible College down in Echo Park, the first missionaries were being sent to Brazil and the Philippines and South Africa and on and on and on. And in less than a hundred years, Foursquare is now represented in over 150 countries. And there are people, over, over 100,000 gathering places, places of worship around the world where the Foursquare gospel is preached, where people's lives are being transformed. And it's, it's amazing to hear every year. In fact, in a few months, we'll be at our Foursquare Connection, our, our annual convention in Nashville, and, and they'll give the updated numbers from this year of the impact that has been made around the world. The thing in that video that most stands out to me is this. Right at the beginning, he says that half of the world will wake up tomorrow not knowing Jesus. Over three and a half billion people on this planet who do not know Jesus Christ. Church, we've got work to do. We've got work to do. I believe that in our time as we watch what God is doing globally, that it's time for us to not observe and sit back and just watch. But God, God is calling us as the body of Christ to engage one of the things I, I believe that, that we see, especially in a Western culture, is that we adopt this, this position that, that the church is there to serve me, and that God is there to take care of my needs. Now, hear me, he, he wants to take care of your needs, and it's biblical and it's scriptural, but there's a part of God where he's saying, it's not just what I want to do for you, but I'm asking you to step out and do something for me. Jesus was very clear about this in Matthew chapter 28. We read this a couple of weeks ago during our Vision Sunday, but I want to go back to it because these are the words that he commissioned the disciples with, and he's still calling us to do today. He says this, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. Everyone say, Go. Go. Now, I know this, there's people going, if I say that, he's going go to want to call me to a place that I don't want to go to. I've never met anyone that's been called to go somewhere that God didn't give them a heart. Here's the thing, God loves people too much to send you to a people you don't care about, right? But we're all called to go. We're all called to go. We're all called to go and reach our communities, our nation, and the world. He says, go and make disciples of all nations. Say, all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to, do, to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. The, the reason we know that, that this command, the great, the great commission, wasn't just for then, is that he covers the entire time from when he leaves to when he comes back. He says, this is your assignment until I return. I'm with you. I'm going to empower you. I'm going to take care of you on this mission. I'm calling you to go. A little bit later in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he says this, you will receive power 
when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And I talked a couple of weeks ago about the fact that Jesus was saying to them, you're going to have a greater impact than I did. Because Jesus' scope was limited. He didn't travel more than 100 miles away from Jerusalem. The rest of the world existed, but his his focus was there. What he was doing was equipping and empowering a group of people who would ultimately go and reach the ends of the earth. And that work is still being carried out to this day. There are missionaries all over the world selling what they own, leaving what's comfortable and familiar and saying, God, I'm going to follow you to a place that, that is different to what I'm used to so that I can bring the love of Jesus and the light of the gospel to bear in that place. Like I said, Foursquare right now is in over 150 countries with over 100,000 meeting places, but I've got to tell you, it's not enough. It's not enough. We're not sitting back going, 150, that's pretty good. That's a good percentage of the nations of the world. I know that our Foursquare Missions leadership and our Foursquare leadership is saying, what else can we do? How else can we go? Where else can we send people to make an impact? One of the things that's unique about Foursquare is that uh, we partner and we raise up leaders in each country to lead the Foursquare work in that nation. We are not a, a denomination that holds the strings back from the United States. What's amazing right now is not only used to be that the United States was the, the biggest sending country in the world, and, and in a lot of ways the only sending country in the world, not anymore. There are missionaries being sent from Brazil and missionaries being sent from India and missionaries being sent from Nigeria and all over that missionaries are going. You know that there are missionaries coming to our country, missionaries that are being sent to our nation because there's a lot of people in our nation who don't know Jesus. And so this global missions thing affects every one of us. You heard these three words uh, in the video, pray, give, and go. How do we as a local congregation, how do you as a follower of Jesus partner with the missions, the, the work of global missions around the world? Those three words is all you need to know. Pray, give, and go. In Acts chapter 13, we find the story of Barnabas and Saul. He was still Saul. He hadn't become Paul yet, and they're in, in this town called Antioch. And there was work that was taking place in the city. There was believers, people from all over the world who had heard the gospel and given their lives to Jesus. And they all kind of ended up in Antioch at the same time. And they planted a church. They realized we all have the same faith in Jesus. We should start a church. And so they did. And it was the first congregation that was started outside of the covering of the apostles. In Jerusalem, so much so that when they heard about this church in Antioch, they dispatched Barnabas and they say, you need to go check this out because we got to make sure that this thing is legit. They use the word legit, by the way, it's a, it's a Hebrew word there. You got to go make sure that this thing is okay. They probably said, go make sure that this thing is kosher. No, never mind. That's bad. Dad jokes. And so Barnabas goes and he finds this group of believers and he realizes this thing is legit. 
This is real. That there, God is moving in this place. And he remembers 13 years prior, there was this man named Saul who had been persecuting Christians, but then Jesus revealed himself to, to Saul on the road and, and he became blinded and then he was saved and this guy that was an enemy of the church became God's chosen instrument. And in that moment of revelation, Jesus said to Saul, I'm choosing you to be the instrument by which I will reach the Gentiles. See, up to this point, the focus of the church had been the Jewish community. So Paul, for a little while, is in, in, engaging with those in Jerusalem, with the, the apostles who at first were freaked out. They're going, no, 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 we don't trust this guy because he's been killing us. But it was Barnabas, the son of encouragement, who says, no, let's give him a chance. I think he's got something good to say. It wasn't long after that, though, they send Paul away or Saul at that point because of threats against his life. And so they send him back to his hometown. Some 12 years later now, Barnabas is in Antioch. And he sees this gathering, this global community of people, these different, different uh, tribes and nations and tongues, people who've come from all over and they've established this congregation. And something clicks in Barnabas's heart. The Holy Spirit prompts him and he says, Saul needs to be here. Because remember, he's the one I said would be the instrument I would use to reach the nations. And so Barnabas, instead of going back to Jerusalem to report on what he found, makes his way out to Tarsus to go and find Paul. And he brings him back and they together start ministering in this place. And Barnabas is, is, is with Saul is just training him up and raising him up. And there's a beautiful thing that's happening in this congregation. The Spirit of God has been poured out. And there's this diversity that takes place. And then something amazing happens in Acts chapter 13. That's all the setup. That's the backstory. Acts 13 verse 2 through 3 says this. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. And so that after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. And what that became was the very first missionary journey. A couple of things to take note of. In our wisdom, in our thinking, we would have thought, you know, the first missionary journey should be launched out of Jerusalem because they've got the highest concentration of believers, the most resources. They're the more mature ones. Plus, we want to honor the leadership. God had other plans. He takes this group of people who are diverse, they're not centered in Jerusalem, they're in a coastal community, and it's out of this place that the Holy Spirit says, I've called these two to go and do my work. And so what do they do? And there's, there's more to the story, you can read this in Acts chapter 13, in fact, that whole portion of Acts is a great, it's a great story, it's a great read. They lay hands on them, and they pray over them, and they send them, but that's not all they did. They also supported them financially. They took care of their needs as they were sent. And so we see all three, three of these things happening right here in Antioch. They were praying. They were together in prayer. And, and, and when the Holy Spirit spoke, I love that they heard with one voice, the Holy Spirit spoke to all of them. 
and heard the same thing, and there was agreement in that as they were praying. And they shifted the focus of their prayer then to Barnabas and Saul and said, we're going to lay hands on these guys and we're going to pray, pray over them. Now what we know as we continue to read through the book of Acts is that prayer didn't stop as they said bon voyage, as they said goodbye. That the church in Antioch continued to be of prayer support for Barnabas and Saul as they continued on their missionary endeavors. And Paul refers to Antioch throughout the New Testament because of the impact that this congregation, church, we're called to pray for global missions. We're called to pray. And it could be that you know someone, maybe you know a missionary, maybe you know someone who lives in another nation, a pastor or a leader who lives in another nation. Or it could just be this, that God gives you a heart for a particular people group or a particular nation. And what he's saying to us is, you need to pray. Why? Because our prayer is powerful and effective. That your prayer on this side of the world can have real, immediate impact on the other side of the globe. And so we're called to pray. We're called to do spiritual warfare and engage in spiritual warfare that the gospel would go forth around the world in our Jerusalem, in Judea and all Samaria and to the ends of the earth. We are called to be a people of pray of prayer. And I want to invite you, if global missions and praying for global missions and the spread of the gospel has not been something that is a part of your practice, introduce it. There's an easy way to do that. We have at the hub in the back, we have a prayer guide. Every month, Foursquare Missions International uh, establishes or writes up a monthly prayer guide. And each day they have a different prayer focus. And sometimes it's a people group or a nation. Sometimes it's a, a missionary or one of our area missionaries. And we get to partner with our, our Foursquare family in praying for the work of missions around the world. Grab one of those today. Stick it in your Bible. And just each day, would you take a few minutes to pray for the work that is going on around the world? Revival happens on our knees. Revival is not about slick marketing and ad campaigns. Revival is not about having the loudest voice. Revival happens when we're on our knees. And we get to partner in missions by getting on our knees. The next thing is we need to give. It takes money to support the work of missions around the world more than we realize. Our friends Gary and Brenda Keene in Nairobi, who they, they now live here in the U.S., their base of operations in the U.S., but we had visited them in Nairobi, and they were telling us the cost of living in Nairobi as foreigners and the things that they had to pay for that we would never imagine. It is way more expensive to live in Nairobi than it is here in Glendora. And I realized this money, this, this support that they need to be able to, to live there, it takes money to go into to, to places where people are unreached, where there's people who don't have the gospel. There are nations that are close to the gospel. And so God is raising up men and women who have ideas about, about business and in other ways to go into these closed nations, but they have to have support to go there. One of the things I love about Foursquare Missions is that as we give as a church towards missions, 100% of what we give goes to the field. What does that mean? It means it doesn't get caught up with administration costs here in the U.S. 
There's other ways that the administration is funded, that the money that we give as a church, that you would give it as, as an individual, goes to the field for the sake and the cause of the gospel. But we got to give. And I'm not talking about our tithe. This is, this is over and above. This is over and above. Hear me in this. That God is saying, yes, I'm calling you to be a people who tithe and honor me with your first fruits. But there's more that I'm calling you to do and places where I'm calling you to partner. And maybe it's $5 a month. You say, I can do five bucks a month, Lord. I can start there. Do it. Maybe it's adopting a missionary and saying, yes, I can give towards a missionary and support a missionary. All of our Foursquare missionaries raise their own support. They're not paid through the denomination. They have to raise every dollar of support. You're going to hear more about that in just a minute. Like I said, reaching unreached people groups takes a lot of money. We get to give as a church, our council has said that we would give towards missions. Currently, we give $100 a month, just flat $100 a month to Foursquare Missions. But it's not enough. We want to give you an opportunity as a congregation to partner with that. We want to see that increase as a church, not just from the council and from me as the pastor, but as a congregation. And so we're going to be talking about missions. The third, the third Sunday of the missions of the month rather is a mission Sunday uh, around our denomination. And so you can expect throughout this year and ongoing that on the third Sunday, we're going to have a touch point, not doing a full mission Sunday per se, but we're going to have some touch point about missions as a reminder to say, hey, let's support the work. In fact, you can see on the envelope, uh, the giving envelope, uh, there's a place to give to Foursquare Missions. And that money goes, when we get that check in, or we get that cash in, and it says Foursquare Missions, that goes directly to Foursquare Missions to support the work that's going on. Then finally, to go. Could be that God's stirring on your heart to go. We've had some opportunities for short-term missions in our church, um, and we'll have more. But the go I'm talking about today is this. Maybe God's calling you. Maybe he's birthing something in you to say, I'm calling you to leave your comfort zone and go somewhere else. I'm not going to talk anymore about this because we have some guests this morning who are going to share their story. I'm so excited to welcome Gary and Joy Pice to our congregation this morning. They are friends of ours uh, from when we were on staff in Rancho Santa Margarita. Uh, there's a really cool story of how we all got together, but I want to get into that because I want to give them time to share. Um, we're going to watch a quick video, and then uh, they're going to come up and share some of their story. I grew up in the Lutheran Church. I was saved at a Young Life meeting at age 17, but missions was never on my radar. Never really had a conversation about it or talked about it in my life up to that point. And uh, I was focused primarily on my career. So at eight years old, God called me to be a missionary, and in 1985, he um, directed me to, to go into YWAM, and we did an outreach in the Philippines, and it was amazing, it was life-changing, and I knew there that God had called me into cross-cultural ministry. Joy and I met immediately upon her return from the Philippines, and uh, I was focused on my career. Um, Joy was ready to go back to the mission field. We were, we met, were engaged and married all within nine months. We knew the Lord had put us together. 
Um, but Joy made me agree to get a passport. And then she started praying for her husband that his heart would be softened toward the nations and toward what the Lord wanted to do there. So over the next 20 years, uh, Gary and I settled into our lives together. We raised four kids, were involved in our community. Um, we did ministry together and uh, the spark for missions never left me, but um, uh, we just really enjoyed our lives together. On a church service one evening, a young man got up and announced that he was recruiting a team to go with he and his wife to do ministry in the townships of South Africa. And I felt like the Lord prompted me right at that moment to, uh, to at least investigate. I did and joined the team and went with them for 10 days, two weeks, and was involved in some incredible cross-cultural ministry. Um, I left focused on my career and I came back completely changed and ready to leave my career and become a full-time missionary. I was not ready for that. I loved my church, I loved my family and friends and and I was shocked that I didn't want to go but, but I didn't. The next year was a challenge for us. We felt like we'd swapped places from 20 years earlier. We worked through it. Um, tears and prayer and arguments and frustration and the Lord brought us to a place where we were really both on the same page. In 2015 we joined the FMI pipeline uh, called to serve and to support missionaries from a field-based location. We're going to live in Bratislava, Slovakia. We know he has a place for us to serve there as well as serve the missionaries throughout Europe. So it's not unusual for us to get asked if we're raising support to retire and of course uh, I'm leaving a career but entering a new career, one that the Lord has called us to over 10 years ago and uh, we're excited for that. It's a transition in our life that we've been expecting and looking forward to for a long time. Uh, it's not retirement, it's, uh, it's a time in our life when we are regaining energy and regaining passion for what he's called us to do. If you're feeling um, that call to go on the mission field, pray about it, reach out to FMI and see where the need is the greatest. It's been a long season of preparation for Gary and I, but we are really excited to get on the mission field. Whatever your age and whatever your call, know that the Lord will be faithful to guide you and sustain you in that call. The Bible says that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And Jesus himself said, pray to the Lord of the harvest to bring workers. So we who have a heart for the nation shouldn't be surprised when he calls us, regardless of age, regardless of family situation, to go ourselves. Okay, so I think this is my missionary sweater because I wore it in the <laughs> video. Um, but anyway, uh, we are just so grateful to be here, and uh, I just want to tell you that you guys are just a treasure. Um, when I walked in here, you, you were all, a lot of you were praying, 
And I just felt the Lord so strong, the Holy Spirit here. Um, so you, you are very blessed to be in this church. I just want you to, to know that. Okay. Um, anyway, what? Uh, just one more little thing is, is um, when I did walk in and I felt the, just the love of God so strongly, I was thinking about how his love is overwhelming um, we we can just, you know, he pours it into us and we are strengthened and, and it really overcomes anything else that we are thinking about or feeling, um, whether we have plans or dreams or circumstances or burdens. That love is um, way greater. And um, so I, I just feel like... He is worthy of a life laid down, whether you go or whether you stay, whatever you're doing, your life laying down for Jesus is um, an act of worship. Amen. So, um, anyway. <laughs> so uh, just to get started here, um, uh, now I'm like on that zone, I got to get back on <laughs> what I should be talking about. Um, when we began our journey of um, knowing that we were going to be missionaries uh, in FMI, we, um, we still didn't know where we were going or what we were doing. And uh, we were just really kind of at a place where we we needed the Lord to step in and just show us because most missionaries, they have a culture and a place and they go and they, and that's what they, um, you know, are banking on, so to speak. And, and we just didn't have that. And Gary is the type who every place he goes, and we've been to a lot of countries. Oh, I love these people. I love this place. And, and I'm like, yeah, you said that about the last place we went to. Um, so, uh, for me, I just had this, every time I prayed, I just felt like we were going to be traveling. That was, that was the sense that I got. And, um, so as the Lord was working on our hearts to think about what we were going to do, he also placed on our heart a desire to speak with missionaries. So we started, um, just meeting with missionaries, and, and they would share their heart and their victories and their burdens and, and things that were going on in their lives. And we just started feeling this burden for them, you know, this... Um, sorry. <laughs> this desire to help them, to come alongside them. Um, here are... Our ministry has always been to come alongside pastors, and um, so when when uh, we started talking about this, we're like, you know, this is all we've ever done is come alongside pastors and and be a support, and and um, so so is this something that the Lord wants us to do? And as um, the Lord began to say yes to that vision. Gary started writing out a vision, a plan, and um, and then we brought that to FMI. We brought that to 
people that we um, knew should be praying about it and, and ask them what they thought. And, and they kind of got the ball rolling for us and said, yes, this is, this is not something that we have in four squares. Uh, missionaries going to be in country and, and helping other missionaries. That, that hadn't um, uh, been done before. So, so anyway, we, um, uh, we were introduced to uh, Jeff and Debbie Roper, who are area missionaries over here. Europe, we had started to get to know them a while back, and then, and then we were reintroduced to them, and, and Jeff said, this is something we could do in Europe, and that just opened the door for us to go there, so. So we didn't know the, we didn't know the where, we knew the what, and that's what we went to FMI with. We said, we're called to do this, and God just began to open up doors. Um, Barry talked about, he won't send you to, to a place, to a people that you don't love, Sometimes he sends you to a place that you don't expect, but then he begins to align your heart, and that's what he did with us. We began when we knew that the door to Europe was open, and this was a place that God had opened a door that we could serve and support missionaries. We began to travel there and align our hearts with missionaries and with the culture in Europe. And we found a continent that many describe as post-Christian, but it's really more accurately, I think, post-religion because many people have had a relationship with the institution of the church, not with Christ. And so they've been left empty by that. <clears throat> you add to that now this new paradigm with hundreds of thousands of refugees moving onto this continent, which is an incredible opportunity. Uh, also a, a, an incredible crisis from the standpoint of uh, a lot of things that are going on there, but incredible opportunity. People who can now be reached that would have maybe never been reached with the gospel um, behind their own borders. And now we're on a free continent and can be reached. And missionaries and pastors in Europe are excited about this. They're passionate about this. And the testimonies coming from refugees who are coming to Christ, the Lord is visiting them in dreams and visions, Muslims and, and non-religious people who are now on the continent. So the Lord gave us this vision to serve and support missionaries. And uh, he, he continues to expand and to deepen our heart and burden for them and the struggles and the challenges that they have on this continent. We asked the Lord to put us in a central location, to be within a day's drive of many countries so we could respond quickly. When somebody picks up the phone, you know how this is, you ask for help. The answer you're looking for is yes, and when do you need me? That was our heart. So we, we traveled, and the Lord put Bratislava, Slovakia, on our heart, and we began to align our hearts with that city. We only knew, again, now just the where, but we trusted the Lord. We didn't know the why, but we trusted the Lord in the where. And <clears throat> it is a very central location. Um, country of Slovakia is small. If you Google geographic center of Europe, it'll put the, the pin somewhere in the country of Slovakia. So that was an answer to prayer. Bratislava is a city of about a half a million people. And we knew that this was couldn't, it was not necessarily the easiest place that the Lord could have picked for us, but we had such a deep peace. We said yes to Slovakia. Language won't be easy. There are no four-square works or churches or ministries in Slovakia, and many of you probably know, in order to get a resident visa in a country in Europe, you have to have a purpose. They love for you to come and stay for 90 days, or for, yeah, for 90 days, three months, but then you need to go home. That's kind of how they are, unless you have a purpose for staying. If you have a job there, somebody's hired you as a company in that country, or you're a student, they love to welcome you. Those are the two slam dunks. 
Beyond that, it becomes a challenge. And in the summer of last year, the Lord overcame that challenge for us too. He aligned us with a pastor, long story, but um, he aligned us with a pastor in Bratislava who was stepping down from a small English-speaking congregation. And he stepped out and took a risk and said, I, I think this is the door the Lord is opening. So Joy and I will actually pastor part-time, a small English-speaking congregation that's part of a larger Slovak church, cross-culturally, cross-denominationally. This is part of the Apostolic Church of Slovakia, which is more closely aligned to Assembly of God. Imagine that, four-score missionaries serving in, under the denomination of Assembly of God. Crazy, isn't it? Amy Simple McPherson knew that when she talked about the fact that we don't serve a denomination, we serve a king and a kingdom. But the Lord has opened up a nation now. He's opened up the door for us to serve in Slovakia. And it's going to be an amazing place for us to be, to do what the Lord has originally called us to do, which is to serve and to support missionaries. Pastor Barry talked about praying. We would love for you to align with us in prayer. So many things the Lord has, has done for us and overcome for us in answer to prayers of many. Um, we have a place where you can connect with us. You can give us your name and address and email address if you'd like and connect with us. There's, there's kind of the story of our journey of getting to the field. We actually deploy on March 25th. We're down to our last three weeks in California and our last six weeks in the United States. Um, to give is so important, and, and, and Barry shared that. We're, we've been raising support the last year, and unbelievable how the testimonies of how the Lord will be faithful to fund the call that he has on your life. And we're still in that, we're still in that journey, but we, we love that he answers prayer. And if you feel led to give, um, we would love that. The go is we've already answered that call. And Barry, Pastor Barry said, if you have felt that stirring today, we would love to pray with you. We're, we're in the recruiting department. Our job security is more missionaries out there who we can care for who our heart is that they are healthy spiritually and emotionally because there's a lot of investment, training, and investment financially to send those missionaries there. We want them to stay there. We want them to thrive there. We want them to be there for many years to serve and love the countries that they've been sent to. So if that's you this morning, be bold. Come up to us and say, we feel like the Lord is calling us here. And it doesn't have to be Europe, although we would love for you to be there. But wherever it is, our heart is that you would go and serve. Long term, we believe that the Lord will mobilize others, like Joy and I, to be there for you, the missionary. Um, there are many ways that missionaries are supported today through short-term teams and other churches that support them. But we believe the Lord wants to call others to come alongside them and to be field-based support for them there. And so our heart is that the Lord would continue to mobilize them and that he would in some way use us to encourage those to do the same thing that he's called us to do. God bless you today, Barry and Megan. We're so thankful to be with you today, and um, we'd love it if you'd follow our journey because uh, we think the Lord is just going to continue to write an amazing story.